welcome to the Insolvency and Law podcast, providing specialist insolvency and debt-related advice for business owners and individuals. For more information on debt recovery, business restructuring, and personal and corporate insolvency, visit our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or call us now on 020 7504 1300. Hello, and welcome to the Insolvency and Law Business Advice Show, the podcast dedicated to debt recovery, credit management, and insolvency issues in England and Wales. In this episode, we're focusing on company voluntary arrangements, also known as CVAs. Has a company entered into a CVA owing you money? If so, keep listening to learn how to protect your interests and get back as much as possible. This podcast summarizes how unsecured creditors can increase their dividend prospects in a company voluntary arrangement. For more in-depth information, download a free CVA report from the Resource Center at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk and purchase The Beginner's Guide to Debt Recovery by Insolvency and Law Director, Peter Murray. So, first of all, what exactly is a company voluntary arrangement? A CVA is a formal contract between an insolvent company and all the businesses it owes money to, known as creditors. The procedure allows an insolvent company to continue trading while repaying creditors, usually over a period of three to five years. Most people who find themselves creditors in a CVA assume the best outcome is for the insolvent company to be placed into liquidation and all its assets sold to repay creditors. But that's not always the best option, because creditors in a CVA usually receive greater dividends than creditors in liquidation. Furthermore, in liquidation there's no possibility of generating income from future business. But if the company is doing well, and profits are soaring after three years, the insolvency practitioner facilitating the CVA can increase the amount creditors receive in their monthly payments. Creditors play a crucial role in the process but they must engage quickly and unite with other creditors before the CVA proposal is approved, if they are to have any real influence. Okay. So let's go back to the very beginning. How does an insolvent company end up in a CVA? The process begins when a director of the company seeks out and hires an insolvency practitioner, also known as an IP, who will put together a CVA proposal. In CVAs, the IP is known as a nominee. Nominees take around two to four weeks to prepare a proposal, which normally includes financial data, a synopsis of the company's trading history, information about directors, creditors, shareholders, and employees, and three to five year restructuring projections, explaining how the company will become profitable and pay into the CVA each month. For the proposal to be approved, a group of creditors who are owed at least 75% of the debt must vote in favor. They can do this via email, virtual meetings, or some other correspondence. Friends and relatives of the directors who've lent money to the company are called connected creditors. After connected creditors are removed from the equation, 50% of the remaining creditors must be in favor for a CVA proposal to be approved. If the proposal is approved, the nominee becomes the supervisor, 
and they will usually facilitate the CVA without any oversight. This is because too few creditors know their rights, or understand their real power lies in bonding with other creditors, to form one large group. For a CVA proposal to be approved, 75% of creditors must vote in favour. This means that to either block the CVA, or push through changes to the proposal, a coalition comprising at least 26% of creditors must be formed. It's important to understand that creditors effectively pay the IP's fees, because the money used to remunerate nominees and supervisors, would otherwise be given to creditors. Unfortunately, most creditors overlook how an IP's fees can spiral over time. To avoid this happening, you should never automatically accept the director's choice of supervisor, or their CVA proposal. This is because it's almost impossible for an IP to prioritize creditors' interests over those of the director who appointed them. Also, it's essential that creditors insist on making changes to the CVA proposal, and the first change should be to appoint their own supervisor. Okay. So, let's imagine the CVA is approved, and everything runs smoothly, until month 24, when the company starts experiencing financial problems, and stops paying creditors. What happens then? Under these circumstances, the contract would cease, because a CVA is deemed to have failed once the company falls into more than two months' arrears on its contributions to creditors. Sadly, we're coming to the end of this episode. But don't worry, if you need more guidance and advice on company voluntary arrangements, there are three simple things you can do. 1. Call Insolvency and Law today, on 0207-504-1300, and speak with a business rescue specialist. 2. Download a free report on CVAs from the Resource Centre at insolvencyandlaw.co.uk. And 3. Purchase a copy of The Beginner's Guide to Debt Recovery, the latest book by Insolvency and Law Director, Peter Murray, available from Amazon, and all leading book retailers. Thanks for listening to the end of this podcast. Until next time, farewell. Thank you for listening to the Insolvency and Law podcast. If you require additional guidance on any of the topics we covered today, visit the Resource Centre at our website, www.insolvencyandlaw.co.uk or call us now on 020 7504 1300.